Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you, and welcome to those that are online. So glad that you're joining us today. Before we get into the talk, I want to just accentuate what we heard about these invite cards. I would really encourage everyone to take them online. You can like our Facebook page or Instagram page and share, share on your own page. Just a great way to get the word out. There are a lot of people that need Jesus, right? And we all do. Uh, and this is a great way to just invite people to check that relationship out. On the back, there's a QR code so they can just scan their phone. It goes right to our website with information about how to come to church and what to expect here. So I just wanted to put a plug in for those. And uh, I'm really glad to be here in our second week of Ready, Set, Stop. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Jim Jensen. People around here often call me JJ. And I'm the worship arts director, which means uh, that I lead the team and the volunteers that produce services and events for Shepherd's Gate. So it's really, uh, really great to be giving the talk and doing a, uh, something a little bit different for me today. Uh, so we'll get into it. Uh, last week when we started this series, Pastor Tim asked, uh, talked to us about soul fatigue and asked the question, how is your soul? And I don't know about you, but uh, that, that hit me. And all week I've been thinking, yeah, maybe I should do a gut a gut check. I think it's very easy to just push and push and go and go and go, and even in the summer to do that. How great is it to be a part of a church where, the, where there's an entire month-long series on, hey, let's relax. Isn't that great? Like, I love this church. It's awesome. So uh, that's what we're doing. Today, we're going to talk about being ready, and I have a couple of questions for you here. When was the last time your life became unpredictable? <laughs> Some of you are laughing because it was like this morning. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, recently, we were installing a pool heater for our pool in our backyard, and I thought, hey, this is not going to be a problem, right? No, I was wrong about that. There's uh, gas lines and electric lines and PVC pipe, and I had no idea what I was doing. Fortunately, I had a neighbor helping me all along the way, but my life became unpredictable. It took way more time than I thought, and we missed some dinners and some family time, and the schedule was a little discombobulating. It doesn't take very much for life to become unpredictable. Last week, Tim used this list, and I want to just uh, follow up on that. What do you think the chances are that you will experience something from this list Tim used last week? You can see there, uh, you know, grief, loneliness, finances, friends. Wouldn't you say that in the next year it's basically going to be 100% that something on this list is going to impact your life? That's because life is unpredictable. Life is complicated. And if we have a full span of years, it's decades and decades of that. And so as we look into being ready for the race of life, I want to contemplate this phrase. Preparation for the race of life is necessary because running the race of life, life successfully requires endurance. Endurance. It's not a sprint. It's a long-distance race. And so we... Uh, we have to have endurance for that. Bottom line, we need to be ready. We need to be ready. So, I want to get into that, but I want to tell you a story first that kind of, uh, not kind of, does have to deal with running long distances. Uh, it, it starts with a car crash, though, so I want to tell you about that. Uh, this happened to me in my 20s. I was at a wedding. I was with a friend. His name was Paul. We were going from the wedding to the reception, and it was only a mile down the road. And so we got in the van, and for whatever reason, neither of us put our seatbelts on. Big mistake. I always put my seatbelt on, but I don't, know why. I don't know why. So we got down the road, and the van kind of got off the road, and we couldn't get back on it. And we weren't going very fast, but we hit a tree. And I still remember the sound of it as my uh, body went forward, and I went, <coughs> and I broke my leg in two places. It was bad. 
I was in shock. They had to give me oxygen, and I got to the hospital. Uh, my mom and dad are here. Did you remember, Mom? They, the hospital called, and they said I was in the hospital, and I had been in an accident, but they wouldn't give her any other information about me at all. <laughs> and I was in Pennsylvania, and they were in New York, so they had to travel. I mean, that was rough for them. It was rough for me. Uh, you know, uh, I was in a cast eventually that went from, from the bottom of my shoe there up to my thigh, four months. And uh, I learned to live a very different life. After I got the cast off, my leg was a stick. There was no muscle left on it. And so I had two months of physical therapy and had to walk with a cane. It was humbling. And it was, it was a, you know, it was a difficult and unexpected and complicated circumstance. I tell you all that to tell you that a few months after that had all happened, uh, a ministry friend of mine, Jim Trainer, and uh, who I was serving with at a church at the time, came uh, into the office, and he just asked me this question. He's like, hey, Jim, I'm going to run a marathon. Do you want to run a marathon with me? And I laughed. Like, you, like some of you are, I'm like, are you joking? Do you know what just happened to me? Like, my leg. And, and besides that, I, I have never done anything athletic. I rem- I'm the kid in high school that when we played softball, they would always put me in the outfield, and I would just pray, Jesus, please let the ball not go anywhere but here because I wouldn't know what to do. Like, I was just not an athlete. And so I laughed. And then uh, Jim said something to me that was really profound and really made me think. He said, anyone can run a marathon if you put in the time. And I thought about that. I'm like, that can't be true. That can't be true. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, what if it is true? What if I could run a marathon? A marathon, by the way, is 26.2 miles. So it's a long distance. It's, um, it's not, you know, something that you would just jump into. And finally, I thought, you know what? I'm going to call his bluff. I'm going to say, yeah, yep, I'll run. If you run it with me, you know, and teach me how to do it, fine. So we started training for this long distance race. And I'll never forget my first run. We lived in New York City at the time. So it was at FDR Park, which is a long, skinny park on the edge of Manhattan. And so there was a lot of distance to run. So I got, I got 30 seconds in, and I had to stop. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't believe it. 30 seconds. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? And Jim told me, he's like, your lungs don't know how to do this. They need, you need to build up your lung capacity because running distances requires a different kind of breathing. And not only that, but my muscles needed work. I mean, every part of my body needed training. And so I did another 30, another 30. But you know what? 30 seconds became a minute. And a minute became two minutes. And two minutes became five minutes. And then I did my first mile. And then I did my first three-mile run. And then we started on the longer runs. I did five, seven, nine. I did a 15-mile run. And at the end of our training, I did 20 miles. And I, I was, he was right. We put in the time. And I learned so much that I'd love to talk to you about. For, for sake of time, I'm just going to... Uh, to truncate it a little bit. But one of the things I learned that applies to our message today is that you have to win the battle of the mind. See, the body is capable of far more than your mind thinks it is. Did you know, any athlete knows this. I didn't, I didn't know because I had never done anything athletic. But you have to train your mind to just say no to those, those thoughts and say, well, you're done now. You need to stop now and sit on your couch. You're done. Nope. But you can, you can open your mind to do far more uh, than it thinks your body can. Oh, I learned the value of friendship. You know, uh, Jim did all these runs with me, and he kept encouraging me. And when I would say, look, I got to be done. I got to be, you're like, no, you can do another mile. You can do it. You can do another two miles. The value of friendship, uh, you know, so we put in our time, and we learned all these great lessons, and we signed up for the Chicago Marathon. And uh, I'll just show you a little picture here. There's me. Look at 
I'm smiling, but I think it's just for the camera. It's, uh, <laughs> that might have been mile 13, I don't know, and that's Jim. But look, uh, I'm with that guy, he looks pretty buff, and I'm ahead of that, that dude's walking. <laughs> so I must have been doing okay. Uh, I'm not going to tell you if I made it, I will tell you if I made it at the end, but I'm not going to tell you right now because I want the suspense to kill you. We'll see if it does. But I, what I want to do is I want to turn to our passage right now because uh, the Bible actually talks about long distance running. Did you know this? It's, it's, they, use, uh, they use it as a metaphor for life. It's a great metaphor, and so we're going to dive in. So if you want to take your chair Bibles, and you can turn to page 1008 if you're here in person, or if you have a Bible app online, those of you, all the Bible uh, application and verses and everything are in the notes section, so you can uh, go there. By the way, if you're here and your Bible, it's hard to understand or you don't like your Bible, whatever, just take that one home. We love to give Bibles away, so you can just take those. We are at page 1008, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Okay, here we go. I can put it on the screen for you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, we're going to take this passage a little differently. We're going to go to the middle because there are three instructions for running the race of, race of life that I want to cover, and then we're going to look at the ends of the verse at the end because there's some encouragement there. So we're going to dive right in. Here's the first instruction for running the race of life from Hebrews. Let us lay aside every weight. Now, I don't know if you notice, but there are two things that the writer is asking us to lay aside, weights and sins. That's interesting. What are weights if they're not sin? Well, weights are things that are not sin, but they are dragging us down. They are dragging us down. They're not allowing us to run the race of life because they're a weight. I can tell you from uh, my days of running that you want to run light. For a short distance, it doesn't matter so much. For a long distance, every little weight makes a difference. After 20 miles, I can tell you, every little weight makes a difference. And so uh, that's why running clothes are very lightweight. You know, you try to find the lightest you can. You don't, you don't run with your keys. You don't run with your wallet. If you've ever been to a shoe store and picked up a pair of running shoes, it's almost like picking up air itself. Like, they're so light now. It's because it matters. It makes a difference. I even have, I bought this. This is what I used to use for food when I would do my long-distance runs. It's called Goo, G-U. What it really is is Goo, G-O-O. Goo, and you just, because you're not going to stop, you just rip it, and you squirt it in your mouth, and you keep going. It's super lightweight, and it's packed with calories, and I couldn't get one because Amazon. I had to get 16, so, <laughs> so who wants one? If you come up right now, I'll give you one. I have so many to give away. Come on, here, here, Al. It's banana, strawberry banana. Who else? There you go. That's blackberry. Look, this is the group. Okay, okay, come on. Look, I got more to give away. Here you go. There you go, that one. Thank oh, you. Okay, come on, let's do it. <laughs> all, these, all these budding runners here. I just, I'm just going to warn you, it's not very good. <laughs> Salted watermelon? Who does that? I'm not joking, that's what it is. Hey, I mean, some people love salt on their watermelon. Mom? She always puts, yeah, yeah, other people. That's what you're going to walk away with from this message today. <sighs> Put salt in your watermelon. 
No, we keep things light, right? We keep light, and that's, that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying for us for our life. We gotta run light. We gotta take those weights that are holding us back. When I was running, I had to get this weight off my chest. I'm not an athlete. That's, you know, I'm not an, I said to myself, I'm not an athlete, but if I was gonna run 26.2 miles, I needed to be an athlete. I needed to have that kind of endurance that an athlete has. I had to lay that aside. Uh, how about these? My past prevents me from success in the future. Does that sound like it hits home for some? How about this? Uh, God can't really forgive me because you don't know what I've done. That's a weight. That's not a sin, but it's a weight. It holds us back. It holds us back. How about uh, faith is okay, but there are more important things to focus on. That speaks to apathy, spiritual apathy, which is rampant in our culture right now. So that's a weight that holds you back from everything that God wants you to be. Here's the thing. If you can get rid of the weights, what's left? What's left when you get rid of the weights? Well, fortunately, we get a primer on that in Philippians, Philippians 4, 8. Check this verse out. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. That's what's left, the good stuff. I'll just be vulnerable here and tell you that um, one of the weights I struggle with in my life is depression. It's not severe, but uh, what will happen is I'll have something bad happen in my day and it just colors the rest of the day or just the rest of the week. I'm just down about everything because of one thing that happened. It just short circuits me. And over time, with practice, I have learned to use this list to think about and, sh and short circuit the short circuit and get back on the path, get rid of that weight. You know, scripture is great for that. It's full of ways to short circuit and get rid of those weights. So in the end, just for this, for this uh, teaching, uh, I want to just say run light, run light, and ask this question. Is there anything in your life that needs to be laid aside because it's dragging you down? It's a good question to ask. Not sin, but something you don't need. Negative relationship, you know, something you believe that's not true any weights, it's a good question to ask. All right, we've got to move on, though. Here's the next instruction for running the race of life. We're going to lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. Cling, that's a good word. When I memorized this verse as a kid, it was uh, the sin which so easily entangles. Entangles. Do you get the, the word picture there? Sin clings to us. It grips us. It holds us back. Uh, here's a verse which describes this really well in Romans. It says, I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Doesn't that sound all tangled up? Have you ever felt that? You have something in your life you can't get rid of. It's a sin that is just, you know, besetting you. Uh, it just, it keeps going and you can't get rid of it. That's, we gotta get rid of that if we wanna run the race of life. If we're gonna go decades, if we're gonna go years and years and years in this life and run successfully and have endurance, we get rid of that. Now here's the good news. The good news is forgiveness is instantaneous. Jesus already died for your sins. He already did it. It's already accomplished. You have to receive it. You have to, you have to bring it in. But that's all. The price has already been paid. Now, the consequences of sin, especially like secret clinging sin, you got to work those out with family, friends, you know. The, the consequences take time. The forgiveness, instant. It's instant. It's so encouraging to me. 
And so I would just say with this one, run free. So run light, but run free. Be free of the sin. Be free of the sin. If we want a long-term endurance run, that's what we need. Be free. Is there a sin in your life that is clinging to you? Uh, society will tell us that you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else. You know what? That's a lie. It hurts you, and it hurts people around you, even if you don't think it does. Be free of it. And I have to tell myself this, too. This is a lifelong pursuit. You don't do it once and you're done. Continue to ask for forgiveness. Be free of the sin. All right, ready for number three? We're, getting, we're making good time, making good time. As my dad would say when we were driving somewhere. Making good time. All right, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. All right, endurance, here's this word endurance. Short distances, you can sprint, right? It doesn't matter if you have your keys to your wallet on. You, you're going to the fridge to get that drink. Right? You're going to the mailbox to get that mail. Just sprint, you're done. A long-term race, 26 miles, you can't do that. You know, you have to have endurance, and this speaks to pacing. You have to have a good pace in life. The writer of Hebrews is telling us that the race of life isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. It's long distance, and it requires endurance to run. So what does that look like? Um, you know, I saw people when I ran my marathon, there were 35,000 people running the Chicago Marathon in, in 2000 was when I ran it. So uh, tons of people. I saw people fall over. I saw people get taken to the hospital in ambulances. I saw people dehydrated. Uh, I saw people injure themselves. They weren't ready. They didn't have good pacing. They didn't have the endurance. Uh, actually, the word marathon comes from a legend, a Greek legend, that uh, a runner ran from Marathon to Athens in Greece to announce to the people of Athens that, that they had won a war against the Persians. So he ran 25 miles. He said, Niki, which means victory, and he died. And that's where we get the word marathon. <laughs> but he, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for the race, <laughs> literally. So a cautionary tale in case you want to run long distance. Be ready. I, the, does anyone know when the first running of a, of a modern marathon occurred? It was at, it was at, uh, it was at uh, certain games. Olympics, you're right, Olympic Games in 1896. There were 25 runners in that, uh, in that Olympics. How many finished? Just take a guess. A little higher than three, a little higher than one, but lower than 10, it was nine. Nine finished. The rest were not ready. In fact, several were disqualified because they jumped into um, carriages with horses and like used that. For <laughs> you can't make this up, it's true. They weren't ready. They weren't ready for that kind of run. It's such a good metaphor for life, and that's why the writer of Hebrews uses it. We need to be ready. We need to run smart. And here's what I think. I think when we're talking about pacing in life, I think of habits. I think of repeatable, positive, you know, uh, things in our lives that, that we can do to pace ourselves. And I think there are two broad categories for habits, physical and spiritual. And, uh, you know, those kind of habits in our life help us pace our life and have endurance for the race of life. And so the question, I would say run smart is a good way to remember that. And the question is, is there a spiritual or physical habit that would help with the race of life? And now to just unpack this a little bit more, I want to invite uh, Jamie and Galen Gilberto to the stage. And uh, let's give them a hand as they come up. All right, now Galen you may recognize because she's on staff here at SG as our uh, adult group coordinator. 
and she's doing a great job with that. Uh, Jamie is a surgeon at several area hospitals and uh, has been doing that for a while. And uh, Galen was also a nurse uh, at a hospital for a long time before, this, uh, before being on staff at Shepherd's Gate. So I figured if anyone would know about physical and spiritual habits that would benefit us, this is the couple. So I brought them up and uh, we're going to have them talk a little bit. <laughs> so I guess the bar is set pretty high. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but listen, uh, Jamie, maybe we'll start with you since you have specialized knowledge of the human body as a surgeon and a doctor. Um, tell us about, you know, the best practices for staying healthy. Let's start there. The uh, core of my practice is vascular surgery, uh, not involving the heart, but the blood vessels outside of the heart. So all those things that happen to the heart happen everywhere else in the body. So a habit such as smoking and lack of exercise and uh, poor dietary uh, choices, um, uh, I see that uh, each and every day. And uh, you know, it's hard to run the race of life when you're not uh, physically fit. Hmm. So it does make a big difference on the inside as well as the outside is what you're saying. A absolutely. Yeah. So um, maybe, Galen, we can switch to you for a second and talk about the spiritual habits that we want to foster to remain at a good pace in life. And I'm sure as the adults coordinator, tell us about some of those habits. Well, we have the escape path. Um, we engage in community. We're here today for, for worshiping together. It's hard to worship by yourself. It's not the same online as it is here in community. We have Bible studies that we get together. We have life groups. We now have all these social groups. We're providing places for us to be together in community with other believers and to impact the world around us as we're doing those things. We also promote Bible studies here at Shepherd's Gate. We want to be in God's word. We want it to um, transform our thinking and our vision for that race in life that God has us on. And, and then that leads us into um, communicating with him more, reading and learning about God and his word, and then praying back to him and, and just getting a new sense of the world around us and understanding why it's so important to keep our eyes focused on him. Yeah, you know, that's really great stuff. And I, I can't help but think that, um, you know, when a church says, hey, do one more thing, I, I think people often think, oh, just another religious thing I have to add to my life. But it's not that, is it? These are habits. These are important habits for endurance for the race of life that will serve us for our right. whole life. Because you've had your race partner. We all need that in our spiritual life. Yeah, did you hear that? That is so important. We neglect that so often, but it is super important. Um, maybe we can switch, switch back to Jamie for a second. I just, I just kind of, I'm curious. Tell us about the interaction. I mean, you're a follower of Jesus. You're also a surgeon. Tell us how those two things uh, come together and interact. Well, when I'm talking to patients, say, in the office about uh, their particular uh, situation or problem, I will often return, uh, refer to, well, this is the way God made us, and these are the problems that, th that we face. And when I do that, many people will, you'll see a, a, a small smile on their face, a, a, a recognition, a, um, uh, they're telling me that they also believe and that that's a great comfort to them. And um, it's, uh, it's not uh, unheard of that uh, patients will ask uh, in the preoperative area, can, can we pray together? Uh, and uh, when that happens, 
uh, not only uh, is the patient and I uh, affected, uh, but uh, you'll see all the other people in the preoperative area who happen to hear this, the nurses and, and technicians. Uh, it, it changes the whole atmosphere uh, of, the, uh, 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 of the moment. Uh, but also, uh, after surgery, I will often, uh, to myself, uh, lift up uh, a word of thanks. Mm. Man, I've had a couple of operations in my life. I would have loved for my surgeon to pray with me before the operation. That's amazing. It's so great, and you can see that the life of faith and in your work life are intertwined, and that, that can be true for, for many of us. Well, as we're wrapping up, anything else about, you know, these healthy habits, spiritually and physically? So any healthy habit, and in, in for the physical as well as the spiritual, it has to be a choice. We have to make it a priority in our life. Mm. That is so true. That is so true. Encouraging everyone to make those healthy choices and think about it during this series. So thanks so much for being here on stage. Would you give them a hand? All right, we're in the home stretch. We've looked at our three instructions about uh, running the race of life. We're going to bring it home right now, looking at the edges of this passage, okay? So we're going to take the first part. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now my dad, who was a preacher for 25 years, would always say, if you see a therefore in Scripture, what is it? What is it there for? <laughs> so corny, Dad, so corny. <laughs> but True. I always remembered it. Well, why? So uh, this, we have to understand what came before this passage to understand this encouragement. What came before Hebrews 12 is Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the Hall of Heroes passage. It's all about Old Testament heroes who had enduring faith and endured difficult circumstances for the cause of Christ, holding on to it's people like Noah, people like Abraham, and uh, many more who experienced faith. And what the writer of Hebrews is getting at is, therefore, we need that cloud of witnesses, that cloud of witnesses surround us, not just the ones from the Bible, but who are our encouragers? Who are the, who's the cloud of witness in our own life, that are the people that are speaking into our life saying, you can do this, you got this, don't give up. The writer is saying we need that. We can't do this alone. And that's where the, the faith community comes in. That's where family comes in. And so I want to just ask this question because I think it's important. We need that encouragement. Who whispers into your life today? Who's saying, you can do it. You've got this. No one was meant to live this life alone. No one was meant to live this life alone. We need that encouragement. And so finally, the end of the passage, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So uh, the writer saves the best for last, right? You know, if there is nobody around us, there is at least Jesus. He is there. He's our example. He had endurance. He endured the cross. And so I know we're not Jesus. We're not perfect. But when we run the way we're designed to run, when we cast off those weights, when we uh, have our sins, you know, receive that forgiveness of sins, when we're engaged in healthy spiritual and physical habits, we will be living the life that God intended us to live, the life that Jesus is our example for. And isn't it interesting that it says, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Why did they throw that in? It doesn't have anything to do with running a race. Well, it means there's an end. There's a finish line. 
You know, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's a stopping point and, and there's a reward, there's a prize. And part of that is, is heaven. Uh, and I want to tell you now, just in case you're curious, I did finish my race and I got my medal. There I am. Exhausted but happy. Uh, I, I kept the medal, so I got it here. It, the interesting thing about this is this is the medal, but it's not the prize. You know, the prize was the friendship I had with Jim, with the way that I learned how to be an athlete, to discipline my life. I mean, it changed my life in profound ways that have had ripple effects all through my life to this day. That's the prize. And I want to say this about, about real life. Heaven is great. Heaven is awesome, and what an adventure. This life, we're fitting ourselves for heaven, and that's the prize. Learning to be more like Jesus learning to be the kind of people that God intended for us to be. It's not just heaven at the end. This life is an opportunity, an opportunity to be ready, to be ready. And so as we just close, I just want to ask you, what's your next step in that? We've got a whole summer before us. It's going to be fun. You know, we're coming out of this pandemic thing, and it's just maybe it's time to celebrate. Maybe it's time to get back to a little bit of real life. Let's also ask ourselves these questions. Is there a weight we need to get rid of? Shed it, take it off. Is there a sin that's entangled our life that we need to ask forgiveness for? Is there a habit? You know, is there a, a habit that we can add to our life, a spiritual habit or a healthy habit, a, f- a physical habit that will propel us to the next level? I wanna just encourage all of us, and I'm talking to me too, let's take that next step. Let's take action be everything that God intended us to be, to be ready. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for this moment. Thank you for a moment we can just pause and worship you and hear from your word. I just pray for each of us in this room. It's your Holy Spirit that's moving, and for those that are watching online and later on demand, it's the same Holy Spirit that's moving And the Holy Spirit will be talking to us and saying, here's the one, here's the thing, the weight, the sin, the habit. And whatever it is, may we have the courage, may we have the courage to take that step with you, with your power.